Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. So, we are in the final week of our Praying with Power series. How many of you enjoyed this walk through the Lord's Prayer? It has been revelatory, and I pray that each of us have really added to your lifestyle of daily encounters with God the ability, right, the ability to pray through this prayer and allow the protocol that Jesus gave the disciples to shape your encounters with God. We are a refuge for healing. We are a launch pad for transformation. The things that we do here, what does that mean? In relevant terms, well, it means that we have an encounter with God that heals. And what we do is we come together as a community and we create opportunities for healing. But we do not want to just stop in being a hospital. We also want to be an airport. Okay, which means that people are going to come in, receive what they need, and then they're going to get on their next flight, launch their ministry, and do the things that God has for them to do. Now, how many of you know some people are called to work at the airport? But not everybody. And we understand that. So we are actually very open-handed with when people come and they serve and they feel like God's leading me, God's moving me, we just praise God. We want to come into agreement with you on that. How many of you know that the, the hardest part of being in a family is that your faults get noticed? Live with somebody for a little bit. Come on. And the reality is, is that part of your healing process is allowing yourself to be seen enough to where your areas that you need growth in, those areas that you need healing in, you actually let somebody in to do that. Some of you are wondering, why, why is it that I'm not entering my calling and my destiny? Why am I not hitting a launch pad, but you're not allowing anybody in to help you heal? We have to become vulnerable with some people in our lives that are willing to speak the truth in love so that we can become the people God has called us to be. So we knew that this year for us was to be a uh, presence-driven culture of empowerment. That is our heart. We want to be driven by encountering the presence of the Lord Daily, We need a daily encounter with God, and I hope that this process of seeking... I, listen, I take about 10 minutes, it takes me about 10 minutes, and I will sit and pray through the Lord's Prayer, and I receive healing, I receive empowerment, I receive so many things from the Lord because of the revelation that we're walking and understanding. What does it mean to say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name? What does that mean? Lord, make your name holy in this place. Make your name holy in me. Wow. Like you can say, God, purify me. Make yourself holy in me. Right? That's just the first line. So all of these are online. Every single one of these is recorded. And they are on uh, the hvwc.com or our YouTube page or anywhere you listen to podcasts, blah, blah, blah. We're everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, we've had so many prophetic words about the digital ministry. 
on this house that people will, majority of people will find us either through direct evangelism or online. And um, it's been really amazing to see how many people watch our videos, listen to our podcasts, listen to these sermons every single week. Um, and um, it, we're blessing people all over the world every single week. And, and you guys just know that um, that happens because of your faithfulness in, in the giving, because it doesn't happen without the financial support. So it's just amazing that you guys are all so amazing, and I just thank you for that. Um, and if you're watching online, thank you for watching online. And if the Lord leads you to give, go to hvwc.com and press give. It's very simple and straightforward. Okay. Um, so we're, we're a culture that, that wants to empower people to do with God things that you can't do on your own. That's called grace. It's a grace culture, an empowering culture, okay? So we're going to finish up this series. Um, Let us read this passage together out of Matthew 6. If you will stand, we will read this together. Hallelujah. Okay, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that your word is true and every man's a liar. I thank you, God, that the spirit that is in this place is one that speaks clearly. I thank you that this church is in in a movement of discernment. We thank you, God, that we will begin to judge things properly in this house. Father, I thank you that you are the God of breakthrough. I thank you, God, you were the one who left the 99 to go after the one. God, nobody came to listen to me. They came to hear you. So I pray, God, that you would speak because, Lord, your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. So we're on this final line of Matthew 6, uh, 14b, which says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory for." Amen. Of course, this is commonly a declarative statement of God's rule and reign is all-powerful, all-glorious, eternal king. Right? Interestingly, interestingly, several of the original that we have Greek manuscripts have a different, um, some of them have a little bit different um, form of the word for. Instead of for, it's because. Because of you is the kingdom. Because of you is the glory and the power forever. Amen. Because of you. Now, now when you look up the word for, it says because, but it depends on how it, that it can be translated becomes. It just depends on the tense that it's in. It's possessive. For yours is because of you. They're they're very, very, very similar. Um, And it's the, the, um, I'm trying to remember the version. I didn't write it in my notes. The textus receptus of the Greek, of the um, 
book of Matthew. That like one of the original oldest Greek manuscripts that we have says, because of you is the kingdom in that form. <clears throat> and I think it's interesting because when we talk about the kingdom and the power and the glory, we know that it's all His. We established this when we said, Our Father in the heavens, hallowed be your name. Right? Because the word, Our Father in heaven, is actually plural. Our Father in the heavens. It's this multitude of heavens. So we talked about the three, the biblically, there could be many heavens, but you know, I'm going to stick to just basic, what's in the basic text is that it references three heavens. Okay? The sky that we live in here, and then we have the spiritual realm, the second heaven, and then we have the third heaven, which is where God resides, heaven, right? Where his throne is, heaven, where we go to all e for all eternity, heaven, okay? So we've got these three heavens, and so we know that his is the kingdom, right? Right? For his is the kingdom. Like, he's got all the kingdom. Everything has to answer to him. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Like we know that God has authority in all the realms. But it's good for us to remember that as we live in the kingdom, we must remember it is because of Him that we live in the kingdom. So let me explain this a little bit further and hopefully this will help us. See, Jesus um, spoke about the kingdom, right? He used a lot of parables, and he demonstrated it daily in his life with his disciples. Okay? The kingdom, one of the things that we know about the kingdom, because of the Father, the kingdom is given to those who seek it. Luke 12, 29 through 34 says, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Very similar to Matthew 6. Okay? Sermon on the Mount. Version in Luke. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Say, I don't have an anxious mind. <laughs> Some of you just like, oh. all right. For all, <laughs> for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek the kingdom, and all these things will be added. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, because it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So when we seek the kingdom, God gives the kingdom. In um, one thing I'm also reminded is that Jesus said that the kingdom is in you. If you seek, you'll find, and it is within you. Luke 17, 20 and 21 says, Now, as he was asked, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with your eyeballs. It doesn't come with observation. 
nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Guys, I'm, I'm going to be real heavy on the scriptures today because I want us to understand, like, this isn't just a theory. This is the word of God. Because of the Father, we experience the kingdom. The kingdom is not just within you, right? It's not just within you. It's not just given to those who seek it. The kingdom is revealed to the world around us through us. The kingdom is revealed through us. The kingdom is revealed through us, the ecclesia. See, the Father gives us insight into the mysteries of the kingdom. This is why he told parables. In explaining parables and speaking about how to understand parables, in Matthew 13, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So as the ecclesia, as the sons and the daughters of God, we've been given the ability to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven that the rest of the world does not understand and does not know. So why did he give his sons and daughters the key to understanding the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven so that you might reveal to the world the mystery that you know? It's not special revelation so you can feel cool. I've got revelation. I understand all things about the kingdom because I felt a warm fuzzy. Oh, is that too close to home? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me just tell you. The revelation that comes in understanding the mysteries of the kingdom of God is so that you can put it into practice, so that you can do it. He doesn't want people to try and do the kingdom who don't know him. What are you going to reveal? You're going to lead people astray if you don't know the Father and you want to reveal the mysteries, but you don't know the Father. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants all things to flow to him. So he said, Sons and daughters, I'll give you the mysteries. I'll let you understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? So, we also see that God gives revelation to Peter in the great confession, right? We've got the great commission, right? Go therefore into all the world and baptize. We also have the, the great commandment, right? Love God, love others. Now we've got the great confession where Peter, Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is the great confession. Okay, walk with me for a moment. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father. Again, what's the mystery of the kingdom? Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Who revealed it? The father did. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Gates aren't weapons. 
there to hold us back, right? We talk about this often. Our job is to take the kingdom of heaven where the kingdom of darkness has been entrenched. Where the enemy has a, has a demonic stronghold, we kick the door down and we say, no, we're going to make heaven here. So where's the darkness in Bonner County? Boundary County, where's the darkness? That might be where you should be hanging out. That might be the place where God wants to make a stronghold of heaven. That might be a place where people are ripe for the gospel because they've been in bondage. They want freedom. Just a little reminder. If you're a believer, you're on a mission. It ain't about you anymore. Get healed so that you can be on your mission. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we have this great confession. Verse 19 of Matthew 16, Jesus says to Peter and the disciples, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You will, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Because of the Father is the kingdom. Because of you, God, the Father, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. Because of you is the kingdom. So because of the work of the Father, I am in the kingdom. And what does the kingdom require of me? Well, the kingdom requires that I seek it, that I find it, that I live with it, that it is within me, and that I reveal it to the world. Are you with me? Okay. Good. You know, Jesus revealed, you know, these mysteries and parables. So if we look at the chapter 13 in the book of Matthew, I'm going to give you some um, where, where, times where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. Are you ready? The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Like the kingdom contains new things and it contains old things. The old is still just as good and the new is pretty fun to look at. That was just Matthew 13. As one, so Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom of heaven is like. Because of the Father, the kingdom is given, and it is within, and it is revealed through us. We are the revealers of the kingdom. Say, I'm a revealer of the kingdom. Let's talk about power. Because of you is the power. You know, I I just put some notes up here. The power is the Holy Spirit. 
There's no power outside of the Holy Spirit. I mean, some of us are pretty cool and we can do some amazing things. There's no power without the Holy Spirit. You might have amazing gifts that you operated in before you were saved. There's no power without the Holy Spirit. Jesus received his power from the Father. We see this at his baptism. Matthew 3, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly, the voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus received his power from the Father. The Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. We also see in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Because of the Father is the power. This obviously will stir gratitude in our prayer time, right? Like, thank you that because of you is the kingdom and because of you is the power. But, the, but I think it really reminds us that <laughs> this kingdom thing, this power thing, the glory, it's not me. I play my part by putting him on the throne, by allowing him to give me the kingdom. I have to receive it in order to live in it. All of this comes from one place, and it is the Father. What did Jesus say? I only say and do what the Father shows me. What's the Spirit do? Speaks the will of the Father. And points us to Jesus. Are you guys with me? Like we've got to, in our prayer time, we have to get to this place of quit making it about us. God, because of you is the kingdom. Because of you is the power. We'll get to glory in a minute because God's going to wreck our world. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. You guys okay if I feel like a little extra Pentecostal preaching this morning? I just, came from a, I just came from a Southern Pentecostal Church of God conference, and I am telling you, I saw people throwing things. I saw people running around. I saw hankies flying. It was good. It was good. I've seen, I've seen I mean, my favorite part, they got the sweat towel for the preacher up on that. They got a little sweat towel because they got, they get worked out. They got the sweat towel. They throwing it at people, people going out. It was great. Okay, I'm just telling you, it was good. It was good. It was fun. I am not kidding. It was fun. And um, it's the first time I've seen an oil, an oil, bottle of oil with a salt shaker lid. We gonna get you. So good. So good. 
Okay, let's talk about the apostles, right? The apostles received their power from the Father. Okay, let's look at Luke 24. Then he said to them, this is Jesus speaking. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of who? My Father upon you. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Where's the power come from? From the apostles. It came from the Father. Of course, we know Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I'm going to make a bold statement. I'm going to make a bold statement that once you receive power from the Father, that power is yours. The power is yours. It comes from the Father. It is a free gift from the Father. It's a gift that He gives you to use according to His will. He gives you power. Come on, I, I know somebody who preached with Hercules up back here with a He-Man. It was He-Man with the sword, preached a whole sermon on, I've got the power, right? Yeah, that was Kevin. The power is ours as we are filled by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit and we must be led by the Holy Spirit. We must be filled by the Holy Spirit, and we must be led by the Holy Spirit. The power is yours, but you must be filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm making my point. Okay, it's yours, but you need to be filled, and you need to be led. So... On the day of Pentecost, we see that this happens. In Acts 2, verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 10, well, not verse 10, but 10 days later, right? Peter and John are walking up to the temple and they're at the gate called Beautiful and they see a man who's been lame since birth there and he's begging for alms. He's asking for money. And and Peter says, listen, money and Silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, takes his hand, and it says that as he grabbed his hand, as he pulled him up, strength came into his legs. It wasn't until he actually got pulled into the miracle that he was healed. Some of y'all need to step in instead of wait. Lord, will you slap me with a miracle? I'm waiting for that Jesus slap that heals me. No, he's saying, come on, now act of faith, step in. Amen, Dennis? Don't be passive in your healing is my, 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 my urge to you. Don't be passive and just wait for God to do something. He, uh, faith is required for miracles to flow. How do you prove that you have some faith? You do something. 
something. Let the Lord lead you in what that is. That's the only formula I know is that if, if I'm praying for something and the Spirit says you should do this, then I just go do it. Because He knows more than I do. He's still fixing my theology. Amen? So if He says it, I'm going to do it. Don't withhold your healing. Don't, don't, don't put your healing at a distance because you're afraid to just obey the voice of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Come on, this place is going to break out with radical stuff. It's already happening, right? But I'm just telling you, our ability to believe God in a greater measure will cause more and more miracles to happen. Okay, I get excited. All right, so, heals the man, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, see, they were sad, you see, the Sadducees, the Sadducees, they suddenly like realize that there's a commotion, that things are happening, and they go, oh, well, we better put this thing down. So they gather together, Peter and John, and they start telling them, hey, don't do this again. Don't speak in the name of Jesus again. Peter responds this way. This is Acts 4, verse 8. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, There he goes. But in order for him to speak, he had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. After being admonished to no longer preach the name Jesus by the Sanhedrin, and later on they came together with some people, and they began to process the craziness of the day, the power of this miracle, and they're talking about all the craziness at the Sanhedrin. Their time. And then all of a sudden they began to pray. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul's on his path to murder believers in Jesus. And he's on his way to Damascus. Suddenly there is a bright light. He's blinded. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you? I'm Jesus. Oops. Has this revelation of who Jesus is. In Acts 9, 17 Ananias comes to him because God came to him and said, you need to go to Saul, who I now call Paul, and I need you to go to him. And, well, this is the dude that's killing us. No, trust me. Trust me, he's waiting for you. Okay, obeyed, obeyed. Ananias was led, led by the Holy Spirit. It says that brother, he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, ha, road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Last example I want to give you about being filled with the Holy Spirit is kind of a unique one. It's in Acts chapter 13. We see that Paul is on a missionary journey and he lands in the island of Paphos. He is witnessing to the proconsul. This is the governor of the island. 
right? He's witnessing to him. And Acts 13, 8 says, But Elimus the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? That wasn't very nice. That wasn't very nice, Paul. Paul, Paul, we need to talk to you about slow, gentle evangelism with the demon-possessed. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he addressed the demon. He was led. Now, Paul was able to discern the spirit that was at work there. See, the gift of wisdom and the gift of discernment is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul had a good discerner. He had good judgment. Why? Because of the filling of the Holy Spirit and power. See, Paul was able to discern that spirit that was at work and and listen to this. He says this. Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? He didn't end there. And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him. He went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand, blind. Then the proconsul did what? He believed. He believed. The kingdom was revealed. He believed. When he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. See, Paul had good judgment because of the filling of the Holy Spirit and power. There you go. He must be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. See, this discernment thing, I used that example last because this is actually about glory. Discernment is about understanding glory. See, glory means to have good judgment. It means to judge something as being good, excellent, majestic, and in an exalted state, praiseworthy. To give it glory is to judge that it's good. To give glory is to have good judgment. And this, of course, comes from the gift of wisdom and the discerning of spirits. These gifts, um, these are gifts that require us to judge good from evil. To have the ability to declare the truth in a world filled with confusion and deception. If you tell the truth, you are not a bigot. I'll just let that marinate for a minute. Now, if you don't love people, you might be. You hear me, church? Sometimes how you say it will reveal far more of your heart than what you say. 
Are you racked with fear? You don't have a good discerner. You're constantly fearful about all the things that are happening in the world. You do not have good discernment. Listen, your father is the only word that you should be listening to. He might give you wisdom concerning what to do in your world. But if you are racked with fear and anxiety, you need to ask for the gift of discernment. Because you're no longer judging what is good versus what is evil. The enemy has now put everything on a level playing field for you, and that is bad news. If you don't know where the glory is, <laughs> you don't know where the glory is, you're going to be led around by inglorious things. This is so critical, church. I really feel like I'm, I'm probably going to do a series next year on, on Romans 12 on all these gifts because we're just, we're, we just need to get this. We've got to raise our bar, church. Uh, if you don't think politics is important, then you're not discerning well where we're at in the world. Politics is extremely important. We have to discern that. We also just have to discern how. We've got to do both. If you don't think that it's important to understand the role of family, the role of fathers in today's society, if you don't understand that, you might not be discerning very well. There's a lot of things happening that I could say that give, we, we could have bad discernment or good discernment on. Let me tell you what. If you are not in the Word of God and understanding what the Word of God says on any given topic, if you're curious about what God says about any given issue, you need to go seek the Word of the Lord from the Scriptures. If you don't have that foundation from the Scriptures concerning what He is doing today, what He is doing tomorrow, what is happening in the earth, if you, if you just listen to your favorite weird website, good, bad, ugly, if that's your thing, and you're not laying it before the Word of God, if you recognize that I just spent an hour down the YouTube rabbit hole and now I'm afraid you just picked up something that was not from the Lord, but we don't discern it. And we think, oh yeah, I totally know what's going on. And oh yeah, I, I'm afraid now. You should be afraid too. Why aren't you afraid? You should be afraid. Did you not see what happened with the moral economic part? Did you not see? And now, now we're operating and we're spreading not glory, but fear. Come on now. Come on now. I, I am all for being aware. I'm, I'm very aware. I'm watching all the things. But the second fear tries to attach itself to me, I say, uh-uh. No, I serve the God that provides for me. I serve a God that heals. I serve a God that redeems nations. I serve a God that will save babies from the womb. I serve a God that will raise the dead. I serve a God that will change minds and hearts more than any political agenda ever could. Amen? So when that fear wants to kick in, you all got to get on your knees. You got to remember, because 
of the Father is the power. Because of the Father is the glory. I judge that, God, you are good. I give you glory. Now, Glory is the judgment of magnificence. Wisdom and discernment are required to discover glory. And God empowers us to reveal excellence. He empowers us to reveal the glory of God. God is the author of our ability to make things into an excellent, majestic, and exalted state. It is because the Father at work that we can reveal the glory of God. We can reveal the glory of God. Let me just say this. The spirit of intimidation that would like to get me to shut up about some of this stuff needs to leave the room right now. Not going to put up with it. And if that offends you, I bless you. If that's a hard word for you, I pray that the Lord snatch you up in a moment and remind you that He's the Father. Okay. You know, we kicked Ahab out of this house a little while ago. I didn't know if you knew that. Like, listen, when there's a spirit of intimidation against the prophetic, when there's a spirit, I don't know why, I'm just going to share this with you. When there's a spirit of intimidation Something, someone that, something that's operating. It's not a person, it's a spirit, right? So when there's a spirit that's in operation in a church, it requires, if it's going to intimidate and control, it requires someone to be complicit in leadership. Jezebel never was able to operate without Ahab. They're tied at the hip. So when the leader stops being an Ahab, Jezebel gets mad. Okay, oh, all right, I'm going to go here. Trump gets elected 2016. Uh, regardless of how you feel about Trump, I think it was from the Lord, and I think it was absolutely who got appointed for that season. We'll see what's coming. The response, because Ahab was no longer in power, from that Jezebel spirit across the nation was riotous. You want to know what was going on after the inaugura- during the inauguration, after the inauguration, at that year's Women's March, and all the things happening? That spirit of Jezebel was on red, hot, throwing the biggest fit in the world. Angry. Why? Because someone wasn't going to go along with the agenda anymore. Ahab got kicked out. Jehu showed up. So, I, I mean, wherever you're at politically, we bless you, you know, whatever. I was just, just saying here's what I think was happening in the spiritual realm, okay? All right, because we love everyone from every, wherever you're at in your political spectrum. Well, praise God for you. I praise God for you, and I pray that you encounter the living God. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, man, you guys are getting some extra out of me today. I don't even know what's going on. Hello, holo. 
I don't know, I was around those Pentecostal preachers. They just, woo! Jesus longs for the world to become its best. To bring the excellence and glory of the nations before him. He longs for the world to bring the glory of nations before him. How do we know this is true? That Jesus longs for the glory of humanity to come to the Father. Okay? Matthew 4, we see the temptation of Jesus. This says, God's plan is for the glory of the earth to be his. Jesus is tempted in Matthew 4, and the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their doxa, and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship God, and him only shall you serve. Listen, Jesus can't be tempted by something he doesn't want. He wants the glory of nations. And in fact, we see that desire fulfilled in Revelation, right? Revelation 21, 24 through 27, it says, this is speaking of the new Jerusalem. It says, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Their glory and honor. Their excellence, their majesty, their exalted state, they're going to bring that to the Father. We're to bear the exalted state of majesty and excellence because of the Father. We are to bear an exalted state. Literally, we are to be judged by God as having an exalted state. See, if we carry the glory of God, He's going to look at us and He's going to give us an exalted state. No, you've honored me. You've honored me. That's good. You're excellent. You're majestic. I exalt you. He exalts us into an exalted state. And He says, bring that glory that I'm giving you, bring that glory back to me. Amen? So it's okay for you to receive. Can I just encourage you to say thank you every once in a while and saying, oh, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. Can we stop that business, please? Because it's a little bit of false humility. And I get the desire that I only want to point to Jesus. Yes, you point to Jesus all the time. And when somebody says, man, I love the way that you do that. I am so blessed by that. You can say, thank you. Sometimes you can say, isn't the Lord good? Because... I'm not going to take away the exalted state that the Lord wants the glory that He wants to put on me. Because He wants to judge me as being excellent. He wants to judge me as being magnificent. And He might just use you to judge me as being better than I think I am. Why Is that okay? Can we do that? I am not talking about letting it go to your head and thinking that you did it. No, because listen, when people say, Chris, what a great message. That was really powerful. I say, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know what? I do work on these sermons. I do spend time alone in the prayer closet to discover what is it, God, that you want to say this week. So I appreciate when people tell me thank you because guess what? I am doing something. It's not like I just, you know, am a robot walking around, you know, waiting for God to hit me with lightning on Sunday mornings. 
No, there's preparation. There's a lot of stuff that happens that goes into it. And you know what I do? I say, thank you so much. And man, you know what I do is I take that praise that I'm given and I give that right to the Father. And I do that between me and the Father. And I say, Lord, you're so good. I just give you praise for the work that you did through the preparation and through the things that, that you asked me to do. But it's okay to say thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Sometimes we're afraid of receiving glory because our hearts are actually full of pride. And if your heart's full of pride, you should probably not receive the glory. It's probably good for you to say, no, it wasn't me. Probably, that's probably a good thing if your heart's full of pride because you don't want to fall into that sin. Right? You don't want to fall into the sin of pride. So if you think somebody giving you a compliment is going to lead to your pride, then we just need to keep praying through that. right? Because real humility knows that, hey, I know it was God working through me. And people know it was God working through me. So I'm okay to receive and say thank you. Isn't God good? Doesn't he do amazing things? I still can't believe that I've been where I've been and I'm standing where I'm standing. Amen? Man, you guys are getting all this extra help. All right. So we are to bear the exalted state of majesty and excellence because of the Father. Okay. Romans 9.23 says that we were prepared beforehand for His glory. We were prepared for His glory. Listen to this. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. What? We're being transformed into the same image as the glory of the Father? And you're going to say, no, 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 that's not God's glory. That's not God. By saying that you're not being transformed into the glory of God. If you're looking at him, you will be transformed into the glory of the Father. It says here. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Because of the Father is the glory. Because of the Father is the glory. So, any glory, anything excellent, magnificent, exalted state, anything praiseworthy is from the Father. It's because of what the Lord is doing. We can all admit that openly and honestly. Would you agree? Any glory, anything that's exalted, praiseworthy, and good comes from the Father. But he wants you to actually look and be revealed, to look and be like him. I love that moment. I've, I've had several of these moments with my wife where she's like, when we were dating uh, the first time, she's like, I see Jesus in you. Like, I see Jesus. Like, your face changed, and I saw the face of Jesus while we were dating. 
right after she she got saved. That's right, missionary dated. You better believe it. And um, she she said that multiple times that no, Chris, you you you're behavior and your action in that situation was just the father, right? And it's just like, what? You don't get better compliments than that ever, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know of a better compliment. And, and I'm going to go, oh, no, 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 it wasn't me. No, this is me and the father. I'm so grateful that the father's doing what he's doing. And he, God, God is going to get all the glory. He gets all the glory for that, Okay. It's interesting because it's our responsibility to give God the glory, right? It is our responsibility to give God the glory. We need to be able to judge that He is good, that He is excellent, that He is praiseworthy, that He is in an exalted state. And at the same time, it's our responsibility as we look more and more like Him, as we become like Him, there is a glory that dwells on us. We enter into an exalted state of magnificence and excellence that we will live in and that we will walk in and that we will reveal His glory by what is on us. But if you're not able to discern what is good and what is evil, if you're not able to discern what is right and what is wrong, you will not carry the glory. I'm reminded about this responsibility to give God glory that whether you eat or drink and whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. All things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Psalm 29, give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. See, because of the Father, we are able to discern His desire for excellence, majesty, and an exalted state. Some of us have just lived in mediocrity so long that we don't, can't discern glory or not. And that's not a knock, honestly, it's not. Like, how many of us have been dealing with some things? Like, we've been dealing with some things. Let me just tell you, God wants to raise you up into an exalted state. He wants to put some magnificence on your life. He wants to put some excellence on your life. If the Lord is excellent, maybe we should start dressing like He's excellent. Maybe, that's just one example, like maybe the outworking of who the Father is starts to show up in all these different areas of our life, right? Maybe His glory on me is that I don't do my work halfway anymore because it's His glory, so everything I do, I do unto the Father, because of the Father, I have glory. I can be in, in, I can operate in excellence because of the Father. Maybe I actually pray before I confront somebody because that's magnificent. Maybe I actually ask the Father to move on somebody's life before I correct their life. Come on now. God is calling us into a higher state of excellence, into an exalted state. Are you with me? Okay, listen. Because of the Father, we are to be and can be glory bearers. Mobile arcs of the covenant where the, where the glory of the Lord resides. And because all glory is ultimately from the Father, 
whenever anybody says thank you, we give God all the glory. We give it right back to Him. We give it right back to Him. But don't diminish the glory that God put on you when you do it. That's my whole point. Don't diminish the glory that God has put on you when you give the glory back. Don't act like you had nothing to do with it. Your obedience is important, and God wants to put some glory on your obedience. Because of you, God, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. He's given us the kingdom, He's given us the power, and He's given us a judgment of excellence that we praise Him with. May all we do reveal the kingdom, release His power, and give all glory to Him. That we would walk in the majesty and excellence of His glory forever. Amen. Amen. Will you stand? We're just going to pray real quick. Bless you guys on Father's Day. Don't worry about it, Annalie. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for what you're doing today. We thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that every word spoken today, every word spoken today uh, is word of life that will seep into our soul and bring transformation in our hearts. Father, I thank you that uh, when we've gotten it wrong, you do not condemn us. You draw us in even further and you said, come find healing, come find strength, hope, life. I thank you, God, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I thank you that I am no longer bound to inglorious things, but I am bound to your glory. I thank you that, that, Lord, you are so faithful to give us your kingdom. Father, I pray that every person here would look for your kingdom, that they would seek and they would pray, and they say, Lord, will you reveal your kingdom in me? Reveal it within me. Reveal your kingdom in my life. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.